I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And uh, welcome to the show today. We are going to bring to you this uh, truth about ending the birthright citizenship. Now, um, Donald Trump apparently said to HBO, as we mentioned on the show yesterday, that uh, someone has told him, his administration and some people in Congress, that he can end birthright citizenship via executive Order. We talked about this on the show yesterday, but NPR uh, wa- is reporting it, and uh, now the news is taking over. He was also on HBO uh, on Axios and made the statement that uh, he has been told that he can do this. Now, uh, there are. This is not a simple issue. But if we're going to simplify the issue, we need to be very clear. No president, not even Donald Trump, can change the citizenship of someone constitutionally speaking. So the president does not have the authority via the Constitution to change, to make someone a citizen or to not make someone a citizen. As a matter of fact, that power is specifically withheld from the president. We've talked about this several times on the show because our founders did not want the president to become king. So they specifically withheld this. Uh, the, uh, just as a, as a matter of overview, the 14th Amendment does not establish birthright citizenship, neither does the Constitution, and... What we need to understand is that an executive order only, only controls executive agencies and the purpose of an executive agency is to execute the laws of Congress. So now that we have those basic fundamentals down, I think it's time to get into the subject matter in specific detail, right? So the president can't make citizens, he can't deny citizens, uh, via executive order or any other way. The purpose of the executive branch is to execute laws created by Congress. 
And uh, neither the Constitution nor the 14th Amendment establish birthright citizenship. And this is something that's that we're seeing. And uh, what I'm seeing, JC, is all of this conversation about the 14th Amendment hinging around this idea subject to the jurisdiction thereof. That's where all this debate is coming from. Well, you said oh, you use the term overview, so it seems to me that overviews there, there's three topics going on here: the issue of birthright citizenship, Fourteenth Amendment, and executive orders. Right. And what each of those are and what they say. Right. Exactly. So we don't have an executive order. So yet. what what the president can or can't do, who does what, is sort of later on to me down the train of thought because people don't even have the background on the main three categories so we're 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 as a as a as the american public we're diving in we're diving into the middle of a conversation uh, right. that people are not even educated on the three issues right what what is birthright citizenship what what should that be what is citizenship how should that work and then people are using the justification about the 14th amendment what does the 14th 14th amendment say uh, mm-hmm. what what was intended by it mm-hmm. and then then the executive order uh, is probably the seems to me the simplest of it although when you when we were having this conversation yesterday um i don't know that it's as simple as people are making it as a yes or a no cuz you you basically kind of gave i know this may be later part of this discussion but you you sort of said yes and no so can he do this? Well, maybe he can, maybe he can't. And you well, can't explain why said, depending on the issue. So those, yeah, those, that's, those no, are that's the why categories. I specifically said he cannot change citizenship. Correct. Okay, so uh, if the executive order is worded in such a way that he is going to establish citizenship or deny citizenship, then that is not what he's allowed to do. He's right. not allowed to affect the citizenship of a person that has to come through Congress. Now, citizenship. What is citizenship? Well, very basically, politically and traditionally speaking, a citizen is someone who is not just simply a resident, but someone who is a participant in the society, has submitted him him or herself to the laws of that land, and is, is subject to receive the benefits of, of that communal relationship. So a an alien who is not a citizen is not subject to the laws and is not subject to the um the um uh receiving the benefits in the strictest sense of the word. When you say subject to the laws, surely you can't murder an an alien and get away with it. Uh you cannot Uh, And an alien cannot murder and get away with it. But there are certain benefits of citizenship that uh, are conferred that that the aliens simply do not get. And so that's the one thing that we need to understand, the distinction between a citizen and a non-citizen. Well, yeah, that's the but that's the thing. What is an alien? What what's this? I mean, that that's it. That's the problem here. So we're talking specifically, specifically, the issue is and, and this is uh, Congress has created a lot of this because Congress says I was looking at Congress's definition of na- even natural born citizen. 
-hmm. And one of the parts of it, they said uh, someone who is entitled to U.S. citizenship by birth or at birth, either by being born in the United States and under its jurisdiction, and they say even those born to alien parents. Mm -hmm. So so we have a situation now. You have, um, what are they, I don't even know what they call birthing centers where they're doing citizenship tourism. You have, you know, say two Chinese citizens show up. The woman is pregnant. She gives birth, and then that's a citizen. And that's basically what, and Congress agrees with that. I think that's that's nuts. That can't possibly be what the what the intent of the founders were. No, is that something they had in mind? Is that okay? No, that is absolutely. Is that a citizen? No, that is absolutely not what they had in mind. As a matter of fact, they what we've because we have failed to teach the Constitution for so long. Right. And because we have failed to teach history for so long, we we have lost certain basic principles and certain basic definitions. So uh, all men are created equal and endowed by their creator. The, the, The Constitution does not define the word men. It does not define the word creator because these were things that were so generally well known. Right. Understood. And understood. You don't need definitions for them. And the same thing goes with citizenship. But they had discussions that that you can glean, you know, what the meaning is. Right. What a citizen's not and what they clearly intended not to be the case. Absolutely. And and, and I think from the record uh, and not just the founders, but well up into well up until the 14th Amendment, there was no absolutely zero conception of of this situation that we're describing now where two parents are aliens and just because the person is born here they're a citizen no way did they accept that i mean because the the good what you brought up is essential Mm -hmm. right the citizenship is entitled to certain benefits under congress's definition those chinese parents who simply showed up had the baby right that baby's now a citizen. They can go back and raise that child mm-hmm. his entire life in a completely foreign country, completely foreign culture. Yet, under Congress's interpretation, that person is eligible to be president of the United States. That's right. insanity. No way was that supposed to be the intent and meaning. And so that's and that's what we have with this anchor baby nonsense. That's exactly right. what President Trump is talking about. That needs to be dealt with. Right. Absolutely. And so what we have to understand, and Madison talks about this uh, several times. As a matter of fact, Madison uh, speaks about it before the House of Representatives, that citizenship has to do with allegiance. Right. First, number one, a baby cannot have allegiance. Uh, number two, if the parents do not have the allegiance to the country to become citizens themselves, they're not going to raise a child with that allegiance. So citizenship is tied to allegiance. Oh. And we know that just we know that to be true because before July 2nd, 1776, there was no uh, there was no citizenship in a state. They were co- citizens of Great Britain. And prior to the ratification of the Constitution, there was no uh, citizenship of the states within the Union. 
And how you became a citizen in order to run for government was your allegiance to the establishment of that government during the revolution. Right. And, and I think a good example of that, sort of a con- the converse of that, is uh, Mitt Romney's father. Right. He had his own birther controversy when he mm-hmm. ran for president, I think, in 1968 because he was born in Mexico. But his parents were American citizens right. who happened to be in Mexico. That's why he was born there. So it's about that connection to the parents and right. about the allegiance. So George Romney was not a Mexican. He mm-hmm. was an American citizen because because of the parents, uh, you know, but the the. So the reverse, the, the converse of that, you got two Chinese parents, two Russian parents showing up. You basically took a vacation so you can have your child in America and get that passport. Your allegiance is not to America. Mm-hmm. That, that child is not an American simply because he was born in America because it has to do with what you're talking about. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. So remember, citizenship is the the privilege of receiving the benefits of that society. So you glue into that. How do you determine whether someone is a citizen or not? James Madison says very clearly it has, to, and, and our founders said very clearly, not just simply through words for practice, that it has to do with elite allegiance. Now, there are some people that are, are taking certain texts out of context and saying, well, that's not what the founders said. James Madison in the House of Representatives on the 22nd of May, 1789. What we're dealing with here is, and this is how, how we, this is how we discern this. We have to go back to the conversations. We have to go back to the documents. We got to go to their understanding, but we have to also remember the very principle that context is king and people who are good at searching through things to find the evidence of what they want to say, right? Am I saying that right? Uh, are really good at going in and taking things out of context. In this particular conversation that's being used, we have someone who is Mr. Smith, who is wanting to run for office, but his citizenship is in question. And Madison's conversation talking about birth being an indication of citizenship is not about the parents of two, uh, two alien parents giving birth in America. Right. His conversation is not only was he birthed here on this soil, because obviously he was birthed on this soil before there was an America, yep. right? So we're, we have a whole different kind of link thinking. But he establishes that it's the criterion of allegiance after that birth that makes the difference. And it's specifically different for this guy because everybody was alien. Yeah. 
from America, from the United States, from sure. the state's citizenship at that time. So you can't say, oh, well, Madison is saying that aliens born in America are citizens. No, unless that alien was born in America prior to 1776, right? Yeah. So if you're born in America after 1776 and your parents are not citizens, this argument does not apply to you. Yeah, so taking it completely out of its historical context. P- completely out of this histo- historical context. So we have to understand that being a citizen is is something that was well established in history, well established in law. As a matter of fact, our founders referred to uh, Emmer Vittel's Law of Nations many times throughout the writing of our Constitution, and that's where we get our understanding of citizenship through this Emmer Vittel's Law of Nations. Yeah, so w- which is why they look to the parents, right, as an indication. But but the idea of, I mean, if you're just you're coming here and having a child for the purpose, I mean, what they call anchor babies, basically mm-hmm. for the purpose of getting that child citizenship so that you can then, you know, they can sponsor you here to get you here. That That's I mean, that's like, I don't know, seems to me a, a sort of loophole abuse mm-hmm. of the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And it's it's something that is done nowhere else in the world. OK, I don't nowhere, know if nowhere else. Well, but I saw a list of 40 countries that don't that do don't it, do it. Right. For sure. Right. But, uh, it shouldn't you you shouldn't be able to abuse the system in that manner, because like I said, you open yourself. You talk about invasion. Mm-hmm. You talk about Manchurian candidate. Imagine this. These Chinese uh, you know, imagine some KGB operatives, whatever. You come over here and you have that child. I mean, it sounds like a, a crazy uh, spy movie or something. You have that child and then you raise the child over there and then send them over here and they're eligible. I mean, you could groom them and they're eligible for president presidency just because they're born. That's insanity that right. a country would open itself up to that. That's lunacy. Yeah, so I probably, in my excitement, spoke in hyperbole, not nowhere else in the world, but nowhere that actually respects property rights, the, yeah, the rights I mean, of property the, that America was built basically upon. Basically the list of civilized nations. I mean, it's not some third world dictatorship or whatever, right? you know, whatever, some crazy. In understanding the, the, the serious nature of this, in understanding the definitions and the use of these words, once again, we need to go to the framers themselves. And when we come back after the break, I want to explain to everybody why this uniform rule of naturalization process was actually set up. As arrogant men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry revolution Standing together and without Soldiers for truth in the war of attrition The love of our country As our ammunition The Chris Ann Hall Show She's Liberty's lobbyist
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Now, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4 is where the states, when they created the federal government, they, they um, delegated the authority to the federal government to define the terms of citizenship. That's the uniform rule of naturalization. Now, those of you who are students of the Constitution who want to know more deeply, you need to refer to James Madison's Federalist Number 42. In James Madison's Federalist 42, he outlines the, the, the history of the states who uh, be prior to the ratification of the Constitution, even through the Articles of Confederation, were defining their own terms of citizenship. And so what, what Madison explains here in Federalist 42 is that we not only lived in, in a political condition of, of confusion, but we actually lived in a, a, a potential political uh, state of confusion uh, greater than they, they thought. James Madison said it was not only uh, a problem, but it could be a political embarrassment globally because here's what happens. When someone called an inhabitant, which we would might call somebody uh, an alien, right? A legal alien comes into America and uh, say California has one standard for citizenship and then Washington State has a different standard for citizenship. That's the way it was working. And what Madison was trying to explain is, look, what we had was somebody who was reaping the benefits of citizenship in California traveling over to Washington to move, expecting those same benefits of citizenship and, and not getting them. And even to the extreme, not even being allowed the title of citizen. So we not only had people who, were, who had different criteria of being a citizenship of being a citizen but we're also reaping different benefits and he said this was a a an embarrassing state of global confusion so what we did was we delegated that to the federal government to create the uniform rule so that everybody has the same standard of citizenship in each state you are a citizen of your state but the standards for that citizenship of your state have to be the same each state to state to state. Otherwise, nobody knows. You come here from France. How do you know? You become a citizen of the state. You, you don't. So we ended that confusion through the delegation of that power, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4. And it's interesting. Madison talks about this in Federalist 42, this this discussion they're having about what is a citizen. They throw around words, free inhabitants, free citizens, free people, uh, citizens, that sort of thing. And so what Madison is saying is, look, you can't just idly throw around words. We have to have definitions to them. So Federalist 42 helps us understand these definitions. And we understand the definition of a citizen is somebody who receives the benefits of citizenship. You vote. You run for office. You you have uh, are eligible for monetary benefits, assistance, and that sort of thing. Sure. If you are not a citizen, you are not open to these things. Yeah. So we need to understand these definitions because if you say having a baby here, yeah, makes that baby a citizen. 
So now what happens is, and this was the discussion, even during the 14th Amendment, this was the discussion. Now you have somebody who was born here, raised in a foreign country, but now you're going to have that person come here and run for office? You're going to have that person come here uh, who was raised in completely different education, completely different standards, completely different understanding, and now you're going to have that person run for office. How do, you, how, how do you not have foreign influence take over your government when now your government is being run by foreign people? Yeah, well, and then the question in this case, so you've come here illegally. The, the person, the child, who is bestowed, you know, upon whom is bestowed citizenship has been raised here. They have been raised mm-hmm. in the American education system. However... The point is, in, in this case, is the parents, because of the split allegiance, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. you're, you're, it's kind of saying, how can your, uh, you have your heart in Mexico mm-hmm. or your heart in Russia, mm-hmm. but yet you're going to be loyal to what's best for this country and not have that right. influence your decisions. Allegiance yeah. is the key. If you want to know more, like we don't, we, we simply don't have a lot of time to deal with this issue today. We may end up doing this again, you know, in pieces. But if you want more understanding about why we can't have foreign uh, people running for office in America, you need to go read uh, George Washington's farewell address and you need to read some of the Federalist Papers that deal with this issue on why we have uh, a natural-born citizen uh, requirement for the president. But the response is, but Chris Sam, we're not talking about people running for office. We're just talking about people being citizens. Yes, but being a citizen gives you the benefit of running for office. Exactly. That's the whole criteria. Now, uh, the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment actually has five clauses, but the clause in question here is section number one. And it says, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. Uh That's what we're dealing with. Now, we can go back and read the congressional record of when that was actually uh, proposed as an amendment. And Senator Howard... Uh, gives us, who is one of the authors of this, he says, um, he says, uh, Joint House Resolution Number 127, he says, the First Amendment is to Section 1, declaring that all persons born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the states wherein they reside. Now listen to what he says. I do not propose to say anything on the subject except that the question of citizenship has been so fully discussed in this body as to not need any further elucidation in my opinion. So he's saying, look, we have discussed this citizenship already ad nauseum, and this is what we have decided, okay? He says, um... The amendment which I have offered is simply declaratory of what I regard as the law of the land already, that every person born within the limits of the United States and subject to their jurisdiction 
is by virtue a na- of natural law and national law a citizen of the United States? Listen to the distinction, he says. This will not, of course, include persons born in the United States who are foreigners, aliens who belong to families of ambassadors or foreign ministers accredited by the government of the United States, but will include every other class of person. Right. That is a huge distinction yeah, from the include, guy who, uh, who wrote right. the 14th Amendment. That's Jacob, uh, Jacob Howard, uh, senator from Michigan, was a chief sponsor of the 14th Amendment. And that there's the congressional record, essentially yes. a transcript of the conversation. So the chief sponsor of the 14th Amendment is what he said. This does not apply to people born in the United States to foreign parents. Well, not only that. He admits on the record that that's not simply his opinion. Right. That they have discussed this ad nauseum, and this is the conclusion that they have all come to. He's like, look, I'm just trying to tell you, this is what this means. And we've already agreed this is what this means. So we don't need to be concerned about what this means anymore because I'm putting it on the record. So so when Congress makes, makes the law, I think 1968 later... Uh, and and since they've basically contradicted the original intent of the Constitution, yes, and they contradicted the intent at the time of the ratification of the Fourteenth Amendment, right? So, Absolutely. So they have continually uh, made and reinforced unconstitutional laws. So right. so yes, they have con- Congress. It's in the hands of Congress. Congress has the right and authority to define citizenship, but they do not have the authority to redefine citizenship contrary to the Constitution itself. Without a constitutional amendment. Right. Right? So there has to be a constitutional amendment even by Congress. Which, so... So Congress can't rewrite the the, right. the, the, the acts. Yeah. And that's why the the Immigration Act that... that delegates all this authority to the president is completely unlawful because uniform rule of naturalization was specifically delegated to Congress, remember, to keep the president from becoming kingling. And Matt H- Hamilton says to to uh, make denizens of aliens. You can't do that. So Congress has created the confusion. Mm-hmm. Congress has created the laws contrary to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So then where does that leave what does that say about the executive order issue of Donald Trump? Because yeah. uh, Andy McCarthy, for instance, sa- said uh, Donald Trump is right on substance. And we would agree with that. I mean, right. what, what we hear you saying mm-hmm. today, you agree with the president on substance to the issue of birther mm-hmm. citizenship or anchor baby, what have you. So agree with the president on substance. But Andy McCarthy said, uh, however, it's the executive order is the problem. The, the implementation that he's suggesting is not right because he doesn't have the authority to do that. However, okay, is so there a potential authority yes. if he's basically saying, uh, taking essentially a nullification stance in yes. the sense that, hey, Congress, you these laws that what you've said is is not in concert with the Constitution and I'm ordering my branch, my uh, executive branch, agencies uh, 
to not comply with these unconstitutional And that's why laws. I precisely said in the beginning he can't change citizenship. Right. And it is the job of the executive agency to execute the laws. Yeah. The president takes an oath first to the Constitution of the United States. Right. So in executive order, Donald Trump could say, my team has researched the history. We have researched the legislative intent of the 14th Amendment. We have researched the intent of the founders in writing the Constitution. And as our essential check and balance power over the, over the legislative branch, we are going to enforce citizenship based on the original intent of both the Constitution and the legislation, and he can direct that through executive order. And I want to bring up what Andy McCarthy said about that because, when we because get it's back important from the break. for him to say that. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. This is our last segment, so we're going to be wrapping this up. Uh, we, we have one more thing to get into, uh, but JC, go ahead quickly. So uh, you, you said basically with the executive order, so obviously everybody's pretty much in agreement. The president doesn't have the authority, you know, just to change immigration right. law and citizenship mm -hmm. standards, all that. But you're saying he could direct his executive agency and w you know and cite that reasoning now right. something that's really uh i think important because something Andy McCarthy said that we obviously know as soon as he soon as he does this mm -hmm. an injunction's coming mm -hmm. a challenge is coming but here's the thing even if it rose to the supreme court they wouldn't necessarily have to look at the substance of it they could just knock it down on on the separation of powers issue whatever Unless what you're saying is in there of how he cited and giving his reasoning right uh, on the issue of separation of, of, and powers from mm -hmm. sort of a nullification standpoint, this seems to me would then force the Supreme Court to to have to deal with this issue. Right. Uh, so of, it's of the citizenship very, this very important that Donald Trump in an executive order, if he writes one, say I am. I am issuing this executive order as the leader of the executive branch in my check and balance power yeah. over the legislative branch because their laws are in error to the Constitution, right. to the original intent of both the Constitution and the 14th Amendment. you need to Amendment. cite the intent, what we're talking about. Those, right. I mean, go to Jacob Howard, go to the founders and right. have so that in there. In that line, I need to mention this one thing about the Senate record from the 14th Amendment because I want everybody who's listening to be able to combat the, the, the deception that's going around. So shortly after Howard speaks, Senator Cowan speaks, and he, he, he brings California into the mix. Apparently, even already back in uh, 1800s, California is trying to expand the, the definition of citizenship beyond constitutional, beyond legislative definition. And so what happens is the senator, uh, Conness, C-O-N-N-E-S-S, -S, from California has this argument with Cowan, uh, who is from Pennsylvania. And in that, uh, Cowan 
makes the makes a statement that is being used in in justification of this expansion of the 14th amendment definition so what Kanis says has to do with it's it's interesting JC that you said chinese so what Kanis says is that uh from the position of california in his argument he says that I would actually go so far, Californians would go so far to say that if two Chinese people came to America and their child was born in California, we would make that child a citizen. But he also, uh, that, is, that statement is being used out of context to say that's what the 14th Amendment said. But Connus is not saying that because in the very beginning of Connus's uh, addressing the Senate and addressing the argument of, uh, of uh, the, the senator before him, he actually defers and says, we have heard Howard's explanation and we know that to be true. So it doesn't apply to aliens. So what I'm saying is uh, we're so on board with this that we would actually go one step further even though we know that's not what the 14th Amendment is saying. So we have to understand that when people offer up explanations, and I want to say this to everybody, even our explanation of Howard's, this stuff is online. Go and read the text yourself in its entirety. Test it in its context. Connus is not defining the 14th Amendment. He's defining the position of the state of California. He is actually concurring with Howard that the definition of the 14th Amendment does not apply to aliens. And so be careful in these arguments as we, uh, we deal with this very complex issue. So let's just go in summary here. The president cannot change the status of citizenship, but the president can enforce original intent by executive order as long as he documents in the executive order that that's what he's doing, engaging in his essential check and balance. This is not a violation of separation of powers. This is an enforcement of separation of powers. But ultimately, it's something Congress needs to fix. It's something that Congress needs to fix. And I will tell you, you don't want this Supreme Court to define citizenship because I don't think it's going to turn out the way you want it to.